I want to give you a few scriptures tonight concerning uh, Christmas, the Christmas story. It's a story that we're all familiar with, but I want to look at uh, two different characters in the Christmas story that we don't maybe always uh, in depth to go to. I mean, this is one story that we should probably look at uh, more often than just Christmas. You know, it's a story that we always look at at Christmas because it's Christmas, right? I mean, the, the star on the tree and all that kind of stuff. Let me all know that all of the Bible is good for all of the time. Yeah. It's just good for all of the time that, that we shouldn't relegate it to just that, that, that one portion. But we're going to look at, look at this again, but maybe see some things that maybe we've never seen before. So if you've got your Bible, uh, if you don't have your Bible, they're going to put the words up uh, behind us here. If you've got your Bible, then uh, we're going to look in Matthew chapter... Two, Matthew chapter 2, I just want to share with you just for a few minutes, not going to keep you long. The kids are going to do a production. We're going to uh, sing uh, another song or two and light some candles and good stuff like that. But, but I want to share a couple of things I felt like the Lord uh, highlighted to me uh, concerning this passage of Scripture and believe that it'll be uh, good for you. I, I forgot to mention, if you are a guest, you've never been here before, then there is a card there in your chair back. We'd ask you to fill it out. We want to send you a gift in the mail. It's really all that we want to do. Uh, so I didn't want to forget to mention that. But Matthew chapter 2, this is verse number one, verse number one, it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. I'm reading in New King James, just so you know back there in the back. It says, Now after Jesus was born, this is after he was already born, in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men. Everybody say wise men. Wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Now, this is one portion of scripture uh, that I think there's a typo. I really don't feel like they got this correct. And uh, uh, I know that, there's, that the scripture is inerrant. But I really feel like it should say that the wise men were from not the east, but from where? The south. How many of y'all from the south? Ain't no wise people in the east. All the wise people that I know are from the south. Who else would take the intestines of a pig and stuff it with a pig and rice dressing? Can I get a witness? Come on, ain't no etouffee in the east coast. Ain't no gumbo on the east coast. They can't make no sausage on the east coast. It should say, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the south came to Jerusalem, but it didn't. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me. Just kidding. Just cutting up. Uh, it's, but this is what they said. They said, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. Let's pray before we go any further. Thank you, Father God, that this is your night that we celebrate the coming of our king, or Jesus, that we celebrate you're coming. You left a lot. You took on the form of a servant. You took off royalty. You wrapped yourself in humanity. And you didn't come with great pomp and circumstance. But you, you became low. You became low in our presence. That you took on uh, our temptations. Our disease. Our infirmities. The chastisement. The penalty. The payment for our peace was upon you. You left a lot to come here. God we take just a few minutes to honor you. To worship you. To thank you for coming. That you are our king. God we, we, we love you. Honor you tonight. In Jesus name. Everybody said. 
Amen. So I want to look at I want to I want to look at here just a couple of things first about uh, these wise men. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us a lot about them, but just you could just look based on uh, uh, some of the gifts that they brought. You would have to say that they were successful individuals. You'd have to say that that they were affluent. Uh, you would have to say that they were connected. Uh, they had the ear of the king. I mean, I know the king don't just let anybody walk up in there and give him counsel. The decisions that a king makes are decisions that affect a kingdom. And he chooses wisely the people that he takes counsel from. And it's these wise men that you had to know that they were successful they were affluent. They were connected. Uh, they were respected. I mean, I know that, that it's good to have some people that are respected and that are successful and that were affluent and that were, that were articulate. That, that, they, that I'm sure that they, uh, they knew custom. Uh, one way that we would maybe think of people like this back then would be a Socrates or an Aristotle. People that were forward thinking that they, that they excelled in physics and engineering. The Michelangelos and the Da Vinci's. Just a different type of individual. And the Bible just sums all that up into the wise men. But, but we have to consider these people we see them on flannel boards and we hear about them in Sunday schools and we see them in dressed a certain way but maybe we don't always consider the caliber of individual that these people were I mean I believe it's all right for us to be successful and love Jesus there's a these are these are the these are unusual kingdom people and, 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 and yet we see them here that they're searching or they're seeking out Jesus. That you must have to consider that, that no matter how well connected they are, how successful they are, who they know and who they rub shoulders with, what's in their bank account, no matter what they have on paper, they still, what made them wise was not just what they had, but it was who they sought. And I don't know if you've ever realized it don't matter how much you got. If you ain't got him, you really don't have nothing. And, and these people were at a point in their life where they had acquired a lot, but they're still searching. Maybe you walked in church tonight and you say, well, this is going well or it's not going well. Listen, I can tell you, you can, be, you can leave a wise man if you just put all of that on the shelf and just come with a heart tonight that just says, I'm pursuing him. What made them wise was not what they had or who they knew. What made them wise was their pursuit. That they said, we've seen a star. And we know that there's only some things that, 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 that there's some things that only God can, can, can manipulate. I mean, I know ain't everybody moving stars around. And everybody up there moving stars. And yet these guys, they're astronomers and they're, they're brilliant. These are highly intelligent individuals. And they see the stars have moved. Something shifted. Tonight's different than other nights. Come on, I believe tonight's different than other nights. That, that we can still locate the star. That we could still put all of what we have on the shelf. And become wise men and say, I'm in pursuit of not just stuff. I'm in pursuit of Him. This Christmas, we all got a bunch of stuff. My little children, they've already been opening presents. They got more presents. Look at them. They're so excited. They, they just can't bust. How many of y'all kids excited? How many of y'all ready to open something? How many of y'all wish we just, Santa would just walk in right now and throw out drones? Just drones for everybody. And yes, I mean, just some of those Oculus. 
How many of y'all seen those goofy, uh, the, the people with the Oculus things? They look around, they just like, well, if you only knew what you look like, going, you take that thing off your head. Well, we all got a lot of stuff, but how many of y'all know if, if we're wise, we just say something's different, something, God's, God's moving, something's changing here, something's drawing me outside of this place of, of a kingdom with a king and stuff, and, I, and I'm going to pursue them. But how many of y'all know you can be in the presence of Jesus and not necessarily worship Jesus? Because it says here that, that he, they gave their reason for locating him. They weren't going for, for curiosity. They were saying, we've seen the star. And, and, and we're searching for him so that we can worship him. That's what they were looking for. Wise people, that they, they pursue to get in God's presence. But they're not satisfied just being at church. They have to participate Right? It's not good enough just to be in the presence of Jesus. I've come to worship. I've come to lay down, to take off. Jesus said he made himself of no reputation. He, un, he, un, he undid his divinity, took on humanity. Right? And these guys, come on, how many of y'all, y'all know we've never seen the wise men before, but how many of y'all seen them in somebody's front yard? Right? They dress to the nines, aren't they? Dressed to the nines in the front yard. And they said, we, 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 we peel off that. Uh, wise people, they pursue his presence. But wise people, they also worship him. I want to skip down to verse 9. And it says, this, this is them speaking. It says, and when they heard the king, they departed. The wise men departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them. Till it came and it stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. Very interesting to me. You can, you can picture what these individuals must have looked like. And right here, it says that they, they're, they're using a lot of adjectives to try to get over to us how excited these guys were to finally locate Jesus to get in his presence it says that they exceedingly great they start I don't know what they were doing I mean I wish I wish I could have been there I don't know if they're chest bumping if they're breakdancing high-fiving got out a tambourine a banner I don't know blow the trumpet in Zion but here I don't know what they're doing but but their first response is they're thrilled at the thought of the king of glory coming down to this earth how many of y'all thrilled tonight with the, just the thought? Just the, and how many of y'all know it's a reality to us? We've been living with it for thousands of years, this reality. Now, how many of y'all know it's good sometimes to stir that back up? To stir that exceeding great joy back up that he came. How many of y'all know Abraham never experienced Jesus? Moses never experienced Jesus. And David never experienced Jesus. That, that we experienced something that they never got to experience. And yet these wise men here, it says that they, with exceeding great joy, they rejoiced. They had a praise party right there. Have you ever been to a praise party at church before? Well, the music gets going. Look at Christian. He says, yes, Lord. <laughs> Christian, I wish we, I wish we, I should have got you to hit something on play. You know, we got some of that that good church music. Now, don't do it, Chris. Don't do it. It's, it's too late now, Chris. It's too late. It's too late. You got it. You got about nine albums on your iPad. Like I got it for you. I got it for you. We have church right now. 
Oh, goodness. It says they rejoiced. But it says, in, but when they came into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. I love that. That they go from praise. That's why we call it praise and worship. How many of y'all know you need both? Come on, some churches, it's just all worship. Everybody's crying. They're not ever excited about what God's doing. And then, but the other people, they get funny and they, 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 they're not willing to fall down and, and worship. You got these people incredibly successful and connected and articulate and, and, and the, the ear of the king. And yet, whenever they got in the presence of a one day old, one day old, and this is not King Joseph or Queen Mary, this is a stable as we know it to be, or that there's no room in the end. This is not great pomp and circumstance. And yet, whenever they get into the house and they see this 14-year-old girl holding this one-day-old baby, then they just fell. What it looked like? I don't know. Maybe it was one knee, a Tebow. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe they got prostrate. I, I, I don't know. But it makes a point. It says, these boys, they bowed. Something about the presence of Jesus just in a stable on a warm night in Bethlehem. And they just, they said, they got low. It was customary. Many times if, if you were going to come into the presence of a king, to, 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 if you needed mercy, you would lay prostrate. You just put your nose to the carpet. Right? But how many of y'all know there wasn't no carpet out there? Put their nose. They just got low. They fell down. They worshiped. Him, wise people. If, if uh, later on there's there's a, there's a man called Joseph of Arimathea, another guy, incredibly successful, articulate, loaded, had had money, and he had tremendous influence uh, uh, with the king. And after Jesus was crucified, he went uh, he went to Pilate and he begged for the body of Jesus. And it was only his status, right? They didn't just let everybody go in the presence of Pilate. But he had access into the inner chamber of Pilate. And you can read it in the Gospels. He goes in there and the Bible says he begs for the dead body of Jesus. He says, please don't throw it in a tomb. Or, or how many of y'all know that, that whenever, whenever people were crucified, they were criminals. And, and they didn't, that there was not a lot of... A lot of thought put into their burials. And Joseph of Arimathea, this successful rich guy, he comes in and he begs for the body of Jesus. He says, please let me have his body. Let me prepare his body. Let me buy a tomb for his body. I'll give him my own tomb. Tombs are very expensive. And we have another individual here. A wise man, not because of what he had, but because of what he pursued. What he valued. And just like these wise men, they valued the presence of Jesus. They got low in the presence of Jesus. Joseph of Arimathea, he says, I'll, I'll give you my reputation. I'll give you my money. Just they beg for the, for, for the opportunity to be in Jesus' presence. It says they fell down and they worshipped him. Last sentence that, I, that I'll give you. It says, and when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So far we've seen that wise people, they pursue the presence of Jesus. 
But they're not just interested in getting his presence for curiosity. That they take it further and they, they worship. They'll get low. They, they'll, they'll give up their own. They just won't, won't, won't to worship him. But here it says that, that these wise men, they brought gifts. They brought offering. And it says they brought gold. They brought frankincense and they brought myrrh. Most theologians believe that the money that was given there was enough uh, that, that most, uh, Mary and Joseph, that was enough for them to raise him until he was old enough to start his ministry at 30 years old. So, and so there's, there's enough there, these wise men, that, that they take some of their substance. But, but I want to examine because I don't want to just uh, uh, leave tonight talking about how great these wise men are. What, what made them great is really who they were pursuing. That's what made them great. And the reason that they gave gold and frankincense and myrrh. And, and they had no idea. How many of y'all know our God's highly intelligent? He's highly intelligent. I mean, he's, he's very amazing. And, and, and he gave, he, he was showing all of us something. He's showing these wise men. He's showing us 2,000 years later something about these gifts. And, and what were the gifts? Well, we all know that the gifts that were, were gold. And, and, and gold was for his kingship. I mean, I know Jesus is king. Pilate said, are you the king of the Jews? Above his cross, they put king of the Jews. He's the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning end, the prince prince of peace, the lion of Judah, the firstborn from the dead. I mean, he is Jehovah Jireh. I mean, he is, he's pretty significant. He is the king. And whenever they bring him this gold, they're showing this 14-year-old girl who has a lot of questions. I'm I'm sure that this baby that you're holding is not average. That we've traveled a long way. We've come in and fallen on our face. And we're bringing a sack of gold. Because he is king. Wise people understand the role. Or they keep Jesus as king of their life. One of my favorite Psalms is Psalms 24. Put it up there Christian real quick. I have to read it quick. Psalms chapter 24 verse 7. It says lift up your heads. O ye gates. Psalms 24 7. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall soon come in. Who is this King of glory? He is the Lord strong and mighty. He is the Lord mighty in battle. How many of y'all need somebody to fight for you? Come on, you're in the right house. You came to the right place on Christmas Eve. You come in contact with Him. He's the King He's mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift it up, you everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall soon come in. Who is this King of glory? He is the Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. The second thing that they brought him was they brought frankincense. Well, frankincense is what the priest used to, whenever they would go into God's presence, they would put frankincense on the altar of incense and it would make a cloud in that room and it was the job of the priest to always put he had this is 24 hours a day 365 days a year the job of the priest was to keep feeding this altar of incense in God's presence and the priest was constantly putting this frankincense 
in there. And, and what this gift was, what they were giving, and they, they didn't know what they were doing, is they were saying, number one, Jesus is king, but he's not just king. He's also our priest, or Jesus is our bridge. A priest is just somebody that stands in between God and humanity. Humanity is sinned and scarred and nasty. God is divinity and he's holy. And there had to be someone to stand in between. There had to be someone that could take the hand of humanity and connect it to the hand of divinity. And that's the role of the priest. And this baby is, he's a day old. And yet these wise men, they're bringing him, he says, he's the king, but he's also our priest. He's the bridge. He's what we've been looking for for hundreds of years. We've been going through manuscripts. We've been waiting for this prophecy that there would come one who would connect God with humanity. And that's his role. And you can look all throughout the scripture. It says Jesus is our high priest. In fact, I'll give you, I'll give you one. And, or John 14, verse 6. You don't have to put it, Christian. John 14, 6 says that Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. He says, I'm the sheep gate. No sheep come into the fold except through me. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. He is our king, but he's also our priest. The last thing that they were showing us that Jesus is, is the gift that they gave was myrrh. This had to be difficult for a mother to hold your one day old and know that they're coming and they're bringing myrrh. Because myrrh is what they used to prepare bodies for burial. Whenever Joseph of Arimathea came and begged for the body of Jesus, he took the body of Jesus and anointed him with myrrh. That he clothed them. That they would wrap them. And if, and I don't have time to go into all of it. But that was what they used to prepare bodies for, for, for burial. So Jesus is our king. We honor him. Jesus is our priest. We need him. I mean, I know we need him. You can't get into God's presence without him. And the way that we get into God's presence is he's our lamb. His body was broken. The Bible says he was bought, his body was broken. Uh, his, his chastisement, his payment for us was put upon him by Jesus' stripes. We are healed. He is a lamb. That's what he is. He is the lamb. The Bible says that he was the lamb. The last scripture I'll give you is in Revelation chapter 5, verse number 11. Revelation chapter 5, this is John the Revelator. He's writing the book of Revelations. He's on the Isle of Patmos. They've put him on the Isle of Patmos because they couldn't kill him. They kept trying to kill John. They, they couldn't kill him. They tried to boil him in oil and uh, he wouldn't die. So they finally exiled him to the island of Patmos. There he's visited by angels and he writes the book of Revelations. And he says, and then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne. And there's living creatures and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000. And thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing." Come on, that's where we're all going. And I don't believe we're going tonight. But the, the day will come when you'll see 10,000 times 10,000 of people giving him glory and honor and victory and praise and worship. Because 
He was the lamb. His body was covered in myrrh. Put in the tomb that Joseph of Arimathea purchased for him. Good men. Good women. And, and, and I mean, I believe it's, I believe it's, uh, it, it's in this room we have pipe fitters and you got welders and you got school teachers and you got business leaders and owners and all of that stuff. But, but, but uh, I believe I'm also surrounded by wise men, wise women, wise individuals that, that pursue his presence. When they get in his presence, they say, God, I put everything that I am. The Apostle Paul, he says, I count everything that I've done as dung, as poop. He says, and he was, he, he, I'm not going to get all into what he did, but he, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He's a pretty significant individual. He says, he says, I count everything as nothing. None of it matters. He says, he says, the only thing that I care about is that I may know him and the power of resurrection. So wise men, we, we, we pursue him. We worship him. And we give him, we call him, God, you're my king. God, you're my, you're my, you're my priest. And, and God, you're the lamb that was given for me. And that's who we celebrate tonight. That's why, that's why come on, it, it ain't about, God bless Santa. <sighs> yeah. yeah, don't give it up for Santa. <laughs> Put elf on the shelf and close the door. <laughs> It's, it's all about him. It's all about him. <laughs> <laughs>